0: We're thankful for this morning, we're thankful for your word, we'd ask you to help us survive the heat, but we're grateful for all of the life we have, in your son's name, amen. For those of you who are online, and uh, I made the mistake of leaving my office, having made the PDF to upload to the website and failing to upload the PDF to the website. So they don't have sermon notes. If you're interested online and you are following along with the sermon, we're going to be in John 8, John 11, and John 14 this morning. So you probably can round up a Bible someplace. I was uh, having a conversation recently, probably as far removed from someone, unless you're talking to someone in outer space, I was talking to someone on the pretty much the other side of the world about evangelism. They had called about uh, uh, talking to people about the Lord. And it was from the future, because it was across the International Dateline. But it put in my mind all that we don't say don't cover out of our desperation to get people to say the right words and come to Jesus. We want them to pray the prayer. you hand them a little card it has a simple prayer on it. sometimes we call it the sinner's prayer. Sometimes you know we have them walk an aisle. But we want it simple. We somehow take a a notion that somehow, it'd be immoral if the gospel wasn't simple. Oh, I think it's simple. It's not retarded, that level. It's not, you know, small bus sort of person. Because we're dealing with a God here. And we're dealing with something that these portions out of John are leaning into us about something our God wants to say that the simplicity of the gospel, let's just say it gets bigger. Maybe it doesn't get any more complicated. It gets bigger. Now, uh, I started by finding the John 14 passage, worked my way back to John 11, then back to John 8, um, with some just one point of commonality that Christ says. John 8, it's the middle of a long conversation in the chapter 8. Jews, the Jews answered him, verse 48, are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? The conversation has gotten a little dicey. They are, insults are being thrown. Yeah, your mother was a Hittite and your father smelt of elderberry. Samaritan and demoniac. And Jesus answered, I have not a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and he will be the judge. Truly, truly I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. That's throwing some elbows right there. Now I have I'm a I'm a confident guy. I felt free to wear a short sleeve shirt this morning. I said I got my, I got, I'm confident. I don't have to wear a long sleeve shirt. I have opinions, you've, you've heard some of them. Um, but this is, like I said, this is throwing elbows. If you do what I say, I mean, if what I, I was promising you, like a cult situation, if you do and believe everything I say you will live forever. That's what Christ is doing. Why wouldn't he be read as a cult leader in the first century? If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, now we know you have a demon. They got the clue. Abraham died, as did the prophets. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died? And the prophets died. Who do you claim to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say that he is your God. That's sort of a really odd phrasing. Of whom you say he is your God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I said I do not know him, I should be a liar like you. A little extra like you was probably unnecessary. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he was to see my day. He saw it and was glad. The Jews then said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Rough day. Rough day for a confident man who knew he was God and was willing to say he was God. Now, it's not so much important to me at this point, the the argument Uh, from the wording here where he says, I am, I am present. Before Abraham was, I am present. I exist before Abraham was. However you want to slice that, plus the fact in the Greek Old Testament, the same Greek phrase is used when God says, uh, gives his name to Moses at the burning bush. When he says, I am, it's the same Greek, ego eimi. I'm less concerned with that because I know you could spend a lot of beneficial time going into that, looking at the um, arguments for Christ's claims of divinity. It's pretty obviously on the surface. The guys standing there are looking for rocks. You know you got their attention. You know you said something you shouldn't maybe have said or perhaps good Orthodox Jews wouldn't say. I think what I wanted to look at this morning is the confidence and how it wades into us, not wades into the Jews, because it's is, is—it's it not like, oh my gosh, I have such a strong view of monotheism that I can't, I can't account for this guy's claim that he is God. I mean, you probably met theologically, you know, tightly wound individuals who, who look at you as a blasphemer if you said something slightly different about the Trinity than they imagined. But we're not really in that situation here. What we're in the situation of is our Christ, the ego me, I exist, is sort of. Uh, leaning into man he is confidently claiming not just to be because it doesn't just communicate that he is because people said that phrase in Greek all the time I think I looked up uh, one of the guys that said it was the guy that was healed of his blindness and the Jews were asking him, are you the guy that was healed and he says I am uses the same phrase. It's not like it's, oh my gosh. It's the Bible phrase. It's the God phrase. So we can set that aside. The question is, before Abraham was, I exist. I am present. He's coming across in his confidence, in his ego, greater than you. Not greater than the Jews. We'd lo- we we were much. I, uh, I remember hearing from my father, and my brother, and all sorts of other people on teaching on the some good the tax collector and the um, Pharisee at the temple parable. Thank you, Lord. I am not like this tax collector, and we're saying there. Thank you, Lord. I'm not like this Pharisee. We're doing the same thing. We have a different reaction. We don't adequately step into the wonder. We like to see Christ befuddle the Jews. But he's here befuddling us, and we're not attending to it. Now, I I, I pick on the 14 year olds all the time because, well, who wouldn't? It's when people become, stop playing, and start becoming self aware self-measuring, and suddenly the ego a me, I am, I exist, I am present, is echoing through their empty, generally cranium, all day long from the time they get up and probably even in their dreams. I am, I exist, starts to become the religious claim. And what happens with 14-year-olds, just like with other gods, if you question the miracle of their being, you will be punished. We don't like to meet other ego amis. That's why the girls in junior high are so catty. They don't like to meet other self-confident, self-aware, self-claiming egos guys are become braggarts challenging one another shoving one another because lord knows there's not enough room for all of us gods in the same place i mean the pantheon would have to be huge now i want you to be thinking if 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 we benefit at all from The direction of a sermon. That you be thinking of your ego Amy standing before his ego Amy, Christ's. What is his confidence? I don't know how you girls grew up, but guys, we look at the mirror and we go, no matter what, we find that right angle, squint a little bit get the lighting just right know that you will look best and thinnest at this angle and then you say looking good women will be perfect and they'll be weeping over how fat they are you know different worlds different worlds we're constantly burnishing our credentials we love writing our resumes we We want to be, if we are not something, we want to be something. Our whole life is filled with either covetousness, wanting, envy about the things we don't have, or a conceit and arrogance about the things we do. It's all about loading up Evan or whoever you are with that existence that matters most to you. You have a personal theology that advances the the theism of self. This is why, like the Jews who had this view of God that they had control over, and Christ is saying, in spite of the fact he was raising the dead and doing miracles and walking on water and stuff, and saying wonderful things, and then he said, oh, by the way, I'm God. They couldn't process it. You're Christians. You need to process it. You're Christians who have... Claim to serve this character who making these wide confident remarks about who he is, that he is one who he is. We noticed a couple weeks ago. Well, let's, let's look at the next passage, John eleven. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary sat in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, because Jesus is just difficult, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I love that phrase at the end. Do you believe this? Remember the Jews back in chapter eight, He said, if anyone keeps my word, he will never say death. And in this circumstance, he is broadening it and says, I am the resurrection. So, though you die, you will live. He's clarified it. Now, the question that's in front of us is, do you believe this? Uh, You probably all recognize this in the notes, how Mr. Fauci a couple weeks ago, declared that he is the science. And what did we all do? You know, I don't know. You might be a Fauci fan, but I'm not. Uh, we all sort of laughed into our hands, and memes erupted around the world of Mr. Fauci. I'm having a hard time calling him doctor. Um, claiming to be science, that he was the equivalent of science. To us, the craziness is self-evident. It's comic. It's meme-worthy. Christ is claiming to be the resurrection. To be the resurrection. To be the life. It's a step above. I mean, when he throws elbows, when he gets confident, when he's telling a good friend, Martha, about it, He runs roughshod over her feelings. For heaven's sake, her brother just died. Can't the man show any, any kindness? Instead of giving Martha a long hug, you know, kind of crying with her a little bit, he shoves her around theologically. She just wants to register a little complaint. If you'd been here, Lord, you could have done something. I bet you if you prayed now, something might happen. I don't know. Your brother will rise again. Don't you worry. And this is, <laughs> you know, that Jesus knows what he's going to do. He stayed away long enough that his friend would die on purpose so that the women in the room would have a rough few days because, you know, sometimes, ladies, you need a rough few days. And then Jesus walking in and <laughs> going, body checking, high sticking. But he holds out to her something of statement of confidence, not just an ego of of unbelievable insensitivity and, and sociopathy, but saying and claiming the greatest thing that is. He is God himself. He says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Do you believe this? Martha wonderfully says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. To her, that's what that means. You are the Messiah. You almost can't make movies out of this. We're talking about, you know, films of the life of Jesus, the chosen or passion of the Christ or whatever it is. People have different views about these things, but... You know, they don't really pick up on the, the abrupt, they're laboring so hard to make Jesus kind of kind that they want to remove these abrupt conversations that um, are hard for us to process because we have another ego me, involved. He is the resurrection, he is the life. Do you believe this? Or do you begin to think that Jesus, like so many say, was a kind of a, you know, wacky Middle Eastern, you know, prophet kind of mad, you know, maybe had lead poisoning or something and said wacky things, sometimes true, sometimes beneficial, but not right in the head. Do you believe? This is the whole thing that Lewis talks about. He's either crazy or he's a charlatan or he's God. Those are your options. Pick one. Do you believe that he is the resurrection? And if you believe he is the resurrection, what does your ego, Amy, that you exist, do with that? Remember, it's like the Jews with their theology. You have a theology about you. John 14, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, We do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And he just said, you know the way. And Thomas said, no, we don't. Because Thomas, we look up to him, right? He's always the cool disciple because, you know, he had doubts. He had real questions. Kind of like you do, which are very serious and nobody cares. Because your questions, your doubts are probably really, really, really dumb. But here is Thomas. Things haven't worked out historically yet. Thomas doesn't know what's going to happen. Doesn't know about the crucifixion. Doesn't know, you know, he's going to go through some hard times with his level of belief. But he's going to get to my Lord and my God at some point. But we like him because he seems like kind of modern. Kind of a skeptic, kind of a, what's going on here? Who's in charge here? Not awful like Judas, but not so devout like Peter, who you just want to slap every once in a while. But Thomas, he's like you. We do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Simple thing. You know, how I... you say, "You know, I go to a church, and the pastor has strange views about Satan." Okay, all right, so I do. The snake, not being one of them, the snake had really legitimate Thomas-like questions to offer Eve. It will not—you will not surely die because you're going to be made like the gods, knowing good and evil. If you died, the benefit of the fruit wouldn't come to you so it wouldn't have that he made a very logical argument Thomas is making a very logical argument you know we don't know where you're going so how can we know the way Jesus said to him I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father but by me Thomas, because sometimes we're so predictably, (sighs) do you ever play ignorant in discussions with people, you just kind of want to befuddle them with their emotional reaction to your purported, oh, I didn't know what you were saying, I didn't know what you were asking, I don't think Thomas is there, but I think we don't look closely enough before we speak about our skepticism, about our doubts. Which way do I turn? I'm really looking for purpose in my life, especially meaning and the Lord's will for X, Y, or Z. And we, we dress it all up spiritually and then claim we don't know what we're doing, and it's really the fault of God, the church, and everyone else but because I am really actually seeking these things. And Jesus is going, hold it. I told you you do the way. Thomas says, no, I don't. And Jesus says, Thomas, it's me. I am the way. Now, is that really conceited guy in your group who keeps claiming in his ego me, his self-evident existence, is so much more valuable than yours. Because you know what happens? There's this, there's this whole world full of God's people running to the front of the line. We you know when Jesus has the parable says, you know, don't go to the front seat in the feast because you might get asked to move down. But what do do people do anyway? Oh, these are really good seats, hey. We got here early. I was uh, told by Elizabeth and uh, Ivana went to a political rally in Dallas two weeks ago and you had to get there early to get a good seat in the front. Knives were out. Okay, we're not talking about early. What time the doors open? Eight, seven? And they had to get there at what time? Five. Rolling out of bed in a hotel to stand in an empty lobby someplace with other desperate women who are going to kill you for your seat. That's what life is. Getting to the front of the line, having your ego me, my self-existent, my way, because what are you thinking about in your life? You get up in the morning, you say, I'm not thinking disobedient thoughts about my Christian life, but I'm not thinking of his way, I'm thinking of my way. I'm thinking of my truth. We've got infested with that postmodern, you know, nonsense of whatever your truth is. Do you actually have opinions that you really haven't gotten any defense for at all? You don't really want to have someone talk to you about them in an aggressive way. Because you don't want to find out that your truth is hung by a thread. But it's your truth. It's your way of life. Well, I just, you know, different ways, different people. Your life, you plan out. Now, I don't believe that God has a specific will for you. You can believe that if you want, but I don't have that belief. But He has a way. The way he wants you to be, he has a truth that makes you that way, and he has a life that you enjoy in him. And the question is, by the time you get to my age, which is called adult, old adult, I think, um... You're supposed to have all those things worked out, What's your, you know, the way, the truth, the life, the things you operate by. And we as Christians are supposed to be finding Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. We've got to make a replacement of his way, truth, and life for my way, truth, and life at some point. And I have to be able to tell that I've done so. What's generally how you tell? Somebody was joking about the fan we had on the front porch last night because it was hot. What was the brand name of the fan? We couldn't tell because the fan grill work on front of the fan was upside down. So you couldn't read the name. Because, what do you do when you want to know who made this? You'll look on the back for a name of a company, a logo, an address, made in China, whatever it is. Who wrote this letter? Look at the bottom, signature. Who owns this? Look at the copyright. Do you have signage? How do you know that the way, the truth, and the life that you are? Shoveling around your day every day is Christ's. Does it have his mark? Is that the kind of thing i my been preparing for this Galatians study? Two Wednesdays from now, it starts. The last verse of the last, no, the second to last verse of the book. Henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. How do they tell you're a Christian? Do you have the signage? Do you have the copyright? Do you have the signature? People know you belong. Have you been branded? Was that awful cult in New York that guy seducing women and branding, literally, literally branding them into a cult of perversion. Well, they all know for the rest of their life <laughs> what they did. Are well, you branded? And it's not getting your favorite verse tattooed on your forearm. I don't mind that. Just make sure the graphics are good. But that's not sufficient. It's Christ's way. It's Christ's as truth. Your life is in him. No one comes to the Father. We have a little problem with it. We'd rather have Jesus end up being just a, a sum total of theology claims. Where do we put him in the th- message of salvation? How do we do this? How, do we t- how are we different from the Mormons? How are we different from the Catholics? It's better if you say, this is really my ego Amy, up against his ego amy And... No one comes to the Father but by him. And I have to know, I have to know that I am uh, being challenged for my God position. That's the difficulty. The reason the Jews bent down to pick up rocks is because they saw Christ challenging for the God position. He was saying confident things. He was. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Anybody who does what he says lives forever. You have ego claims that will get in the way. Make sure you know what the challenge is. It is not somebody else, some theologian long dead that is challenging Christ on the streets of Laredo. It's you being called out on the streets of Laredo to have a gunfight with the Lord himself. How's it going to go? Are you able to claim what you want to claim? That you will be, thank you very much, the way, truth, and life. You will be your resurrection. You can't even keep yourself young. He says there a little bit later, because <laughs> uh, Thomas is not the only person goofball. Philip said to him in verse 8, Lord show us the Father and we shall be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you do not know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say show us the Father? Jesus Christ is God visible. He is saying that, you know, I mean? Lead us to the Father, but nobody has seen God. And Jesus is going, No, excuse me, I'm right here. I just paid for lunch. I am the Father. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. Do you not believe that I am the Father, am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does. His works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. The question this morning is Do you believe? Do you keep Christ and God and the Trinity and all this rest over in some argument that you might be interested in? But it's over there. It's not challenging the ego a me of your own position. When Christ challenges all men for the resurrection, Challenges all men for the life, for the way, the truth, and his claim that he is the God. How you live will depend on whether or not you have seen that and you, instead of picking up rocks to strike him with, you believed him and you did what he said. You kept his word, you followed him. Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we're grateful for your son, that our God has made such a gift to us. Keep us from becoming gods, in your son's name, amen. Amen. Next Sunday is the 4th of July. Yes, we're gonna meet. It's